What's up, y'all? We are back for episode two. Coming to you live from Milpitas, California. We got a change of scenery right got, now. Got a change of scenery. We are actually recording outside. It's 40 degrees, y'all. I don't think it's 40. Yo, it's actually 40. Is it actually? It's actually 40. Well, I'm just mad comfy right now because I'm layered hey, up. Hey, producers, producers, can you check? That's us. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 cold, but we're we're cozied up. We got some blankets out here, and some some great soft lighting, and we're, we're back with another episode. We're back. So so when I pulled up here tonight, I get out of the car, and Charles is like, "My brother and I made you some cookie dough," and I was like, <laughs> "What?" I was like. Oh no way! You guys, you guys made you guys made cookie dough, and then Chelsea something about like oh, but like uh, it has coconut, so we so we made sure to put like yours of coconut. And in my mind, I'm like, coconut it doesn't really go in cookie dough, but I I I find out like five minutes later, she was saying coquito. <laughs> My freaking whitewash Mexican was like, cookie dough, cookie dough. Oh my gosh. And I didn't say anything earlier, but I was like, okay, like maybe that's just Anna's way of saying coquito. Maybe she, okay, you didn't say coquito. <laughs> Get out of here with that pretend <laughs> Spanglish. She said coquito. No, I did not say that. I said coquito. Coquito. My bad. <laughs> and I heard coquito and I was like, Y'all make cookie dough? I get to take some cookie dough home? And I was like, why would we make you cookie dough? And she's always, they're probably thinking, why is she saying it like that, cookie dough? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Uh, well, I, I hope you enjoyed it. It was delicious. I, I, I plan to sip it throughout this podcast. And the cookie dough is delicious. <laughs> I'm glad you like Coquito it. Coquito is great. It reminds me of rumchata. And I haven't tried that. Chelsea is allergic to coconut. And there is coconut in the coquito. So I'm going to get her some lamchata. We just wanted to say a, a sincere thank you to everyone who listened to our first episode and even gave this podcast a shot. I mean, especially if you're maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you're here because you liked what you heard last week. Like, I can't stress enough how much that means to us. The fact that anyone would actually care and anyone would actually listen is very meaningful. And... I think I speak for both Chelsea and myself that we just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for listening, especially those who, who reached out and sent messages of encouragement and support. Even if it was the smallest text, it means way more than you guys know. My name is Chelsea. My name is Anna. And this is Midnight, Midnight Conversations. Conversations. Welcome back, guys. It's episode two. Episode two. Did anyone think we would have a second? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Yo, I got to be honest. We put some blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> into that first episode. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of time and effort that was put into that episode. I know it was only, what, 40 minutes or something like that, but... Yo, y'all, okay, y'all, I mean... Not that y'all need to know, but the behind the scenes trust. If you ever doubted, <laughs> if you ever doubted that we were working hard on this, y'all have no, <laughs> no idea. No, it's been such 
such a labor of love and such a passion project insert other potentially lame way of saying we're just having a lot of fun with it yeah and it's crazy just knowing that this creative work of art that we we've we've made is out there yeah so i mentioned this to you but i want to mention it again on the podcast that someone reached out to me last week and i'm assuming she listened to our episode but the question was Charles, how or what's the process like in terms of um, cultivating this creative process mm-hmm. for midnight conversations and also our our photography page to midnight collective? And it just makes me think of what you just said because it's a trip for me that the original vision that we had months ago is now slowly coming to fruition. It's crazy because with certain things and there's been like certain steps to it right there was like the thought process of creating it the execution of actually recording an episode editing it and publishing it and then the small things that have come also along the way like story posts or posts that we've done on our page or creating a link tree creating playlists which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a second we'll get to that soon and i think it's just incredibly life-giving to work with someone so closely who shares the same vision and just has that drive to to collaborate and execute it together. It's yeah. it's been so cool. It's definitely tiring. Oh my gosh, it's been exhausting. But and that's hey. It's a part of it's a part of the process. We're learning and we're growing and we hope that you guys stick around long enough to, you know, <laughs> learn and learn and grow with us as as we figure this Please out. Do. Yeah. It's it's been yeah, it, it's been a fun journey so far. I'm just looking forward to um, what else is to come. Heck yeah. Speaking of playlists. It's my favorite part. So so we so we did something this past week for those who those who follow our Instagram page. If you don't, what is you doing? Follow us on Instagram at Collective. <laughs> <laughs> MBNT dot collective. Not for real though. We we've been posting some some other things as well. Um I think the goal of Midnight Collective as a creative agency, yo, that's it. I'm calling it a creative agency, is being creative in in different platforms. In different platforms and in multifaceted ways. So obviously we started with the photography business and then we continued on to create this podcast. And then this past week we're like, yo, I I think actually the idea came when we were editing episode one. And I turned to Chels after we had inserted our intro song. And I was like, do you know what we should do? <laughs> I was like, let's make a playlist. I loved that idea. So, yeah, <laughs> Chel- up. yeah, Chels and I have both, like, we're both very into music and making playlists. Like, that's a, um, a passion that we both share. And we're like, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's make a midnight playlist. Yeah. I would say our playlists are, I would say, like, very different but similar. Um, would you agree? Same, same vibes, different font. Same vibes, different font. Yeah. Oh, I agree. <laughs> it took me a while to process that. Yeah. I feel like mine's a little bit more moody. Yes. Yours is a little more... Reflective. Would you say? It's reflective, but I also think 
one of the biggest differences is the sounds of our playlists. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how I would describe my sound, but yours is kind of euphoric. That's how I would describe your sound. Yeah. Euphoric, 1980s vibe a little bit, I a l- think. A little infinite. A little infinite. How would how would you describe mine? Yours seems more upbeat. Really? Yeah. Like moody but upbeat. Not as depressing as mine. But I like that. <laughs> Interesting. I think cuz it's funny that you say that because as I was creating my playlist, some of the songs on there the vibe of the song is upbeat, but if you actually listen to the lyrics, it's pretty sad. Pretty sad boy hours. Yeah, sad boy hours. (laughs) (laughs) No, so if you guys haven't, go check out our playlist. Chelsea's is called Midnight Soundtrack One, Mm -hmm. the Midnight Soundtrack One, and mine is called the Midnight Soundtrack Two. Two. So yeah, the original plan was to make a playlist for Midnight Conversations. And yeah, so I had this idea that we would do it together, and then Shell's kind of made her own playlist. Yo, yo, we won't get into it, but Loki, Loki on the low, I was like, I, th- I thought we were going to do it together. <laughs> you know, music is just so personal for me, and I I was excited. What can I say? No, and honestly, it ended up working out really well because Chels made her own playlist, and I ended up making my own playlist, and we actually found out that it worked so much better that way. Yeah. I think Chels has a different taste in music similar but different obviously we share taste in music but when we created our own playlist we realized how how special they actually were Mm -hmm. and i honestly i've made tons of playlists in my life but i've never felt so personally connected to one i agree i think once i made my playlist for midnight i'm not gonna lie i was it was on repeat this entire week Yo, same. Yeah, it got me hyped up. It, it got me in my feelings, too. So the range of emotions here for me, like, I would listen to it in the morning, and then sometimes when it was late at night, I would play it again. And both, I don't know, just the range of emotions that come up for me mm. um, was so vast. And I also think it was a good idea that we did separate playlists because Midnight, even if we share the same vision, there are certain songs for me that specifically make me think about this creative process Mm -hmm. i completely agree i think music is deeply personal and i gotta be real i wouldn't even listen to some of these playlists during the day because they're too emotional and i'm like i i'm at work i'm trying to get work (laughs) done i can't be like crying in the club right now (laughs) and so the purpose of these playlists and we hope you listen to them if if you want a little bit more, they they're linked in our Instagram bio. We'll also have them linked in the description of this podcast episode. If you guys want to check them out, they're great. Uh, we would just encourage you to go drive around at midnight listening to these, get in your feelings, but also like get hyped and in your feelings, like sad boy hours, but like make it a little upbeat. Sad boy hours, I love that. Let us know. Let us know what you guys think. I mean. I think it's cool. Like some of our friends have listened to both of our playlists. And um, yeah, I'd be curious to see what what you all think um, about the different tastes of music that we have. What did I say earlier? It's like same vibes, different font. It also calls to mind that Chelsea and I are very different from each other. 
super different but those differences and that dynamic of us being different is what makes us stronger i think it's tight that we have these different playlists that if we had put them in one may not have sounded cohesive but to execute them as individuals and then put them out as a whole it's 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 everything you need yeah like some days maybe it's midnight soundtrack one some days maybe it's midnight soundtrack too. And sometimes it might be both. Who knows? Yeah, let's let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so Chelsea, now that it's been a couple weeks since the launch of our first episode, how does it feel to have a podcast? This is this is brand new for you. This is brand new for me. How how does it feel? It's a trip that we have a podcast. I it, feel like... Your, your voice is on Spotify. Your voice is on Apple. It's out there. It is out there. It's out there. And, you know, we've been talking about this for some time, but I remember last week, once we published that episode, I was, yes, I was thrilled and happy, but it was also just like, ooh, I'm a little scared because <laughs> I don't know, you know, I don't know if other people will receive it well, and I hope that they do. But honestly, I think, I wouldn't say the craziest part, but the best part of doing this is just... The intentionality, mm. the intentionality behind why we're doing this. I think for me, that's what, stand out, th- that's what stands out the most. And sometimes I, I, like, I picture myself 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and I, like, I, will, I know these episodes will still be out. And in the same way that I, I view old photos. Wow. I see this very similarly too, where I can, I know the future me, future Charles, can replay these episodes and remember a specific time, moment, and experience. And I would hope that I can look back with happiness and accomplishment given the amount of time and effort we've been putting into this for the past few weeks. It's such a glimpse into a moment in time. Yeah. Yeah, I think the way I was processing it the past past week, as you guys hear this, it'll be the past couple of weeks. But as I was processing it, I realized that through this podcast, I'm showing a different side of me. And I had this moment, Chelsea and I were talking on the phone, and I was telling her how I didn't realize, okay, I know this is going to sound dumb, dumb, but I didn't realize that we were doing a podcast together <laughs> until after it was published. <laughs> I, and I don't I don't know like if that was like I would just like, you know, like there was so much to get done. And so we were just grinding, doing everything that needed to get done to get mm-hmm. it out, et cetera. But I didn't fully process. I was like, the next day I remember talking to Chelsea, like, we have a podcast. <laughs> and she was like, Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> like, in my you- head though, I was like, like for real. <laughs> Like, what do you mean you're just processing it now? Mm -hmm. But I don't know what it was. It took me a while to fully realize the side of me that I was sharing. And it's not that I've shared inauthentically before. I think part of what I shared last episode really rang true for me when I thought about it more deeply is that I often hide myself or, or pride myself even on the identity of my job or how others think of me, my relationships with people. And it's a trip and very vulnerable to share a part of yourself that people aren't used to seeing a part of yourself that maybe only a select few get to see and even even sharing the processing of wow I do place my identity in my work 
fairly often. And to have this opportunity to share a side of me that isn't just Anna from work is really life-giving and scary, if I'm being honest as well. It's really scary, huh? Yeah. It's I like feel the same. to put yourself out there and know that others will listen, have listened, can listen, even 10 years from now, whatever it may be, is very vulnerable. But I also think it is so worth it. And it's also still scary. <laughs> like, I, I think the, the intent, the purpose of this podcast is to share very real things, is to be vulnerable and have deep conversations. But know that as Chelsea and I sit here and as, as we embark on these conversations and encourage you guys to do the same with, with your loved ones, with your friends, with your family, to have those late night conversations for those that want more out of life, we also recognize that it's scary. We also recognize that it's vulnerable to put yourself out there and to share and be seen and to share with others a real part of who you are like we know that that's scary because we've been there and we are there and we want you guys to know you're not alone in that and we hope that whether it's having those conversations with people you haven't talked to in a minute or people that maybe you're always with but you don't take the time to have those conversations to do it or maybe it's even having that time with yourself. It's even scary to have those real conversations with yourself about how you really feel. It's scary as heck. That last part that you said about being honest with yourself, I uh, I paused a little bit because it's so real. That's so real. I feel like in in the jobs that we have, the identities, the different identities that we have, just based on different relationships, it takes a toll on us and I feel as if we have to have the hat on many times throughout the day mm-hmm. actually I, we, we talked about this last week and I, I asked Anna I said and sometimes I wonder like when people are not on and they are no longer wearing the hat and they're in their room and they don't have the responsibilities right of, of doing their job at that hour who are they what are they feeling in that moment? Are there things that they're acknowledging or are there things that they are ignoring and and just trying to have it all together when in reality that's just not the case? I think it calls to mind the concept of who you are when no one else is around because I'm going to share this right now and I don't, I don't know if we'll put it in because it is very, very vulnerable. I think there's a tendency to mask our true selves in this world like chelsea's saying with our with our jobs and for those that don't know i'm a youth minister and and chelsea's a therapist we don't need to go further because that's not the topic of this conversation but when chelsea and i are in those roles we have to have the hat on we have to be functioning as anna the youth minister or chelsea the therapist but when we are alone and truly faced with our true selves There's a tendency, I'll speak for myself, I won't speak for Chelsea, there's a tendency to mask how we truly feel or to distract so that we don't truly feel or to go through the motions of life simply for the sake of functioning. And I realized recently that I'm distracting myself so much and I'm trying to numb whether it's consuming content on TikTok or YouTube or streams or whatever it is or being busy at work or just 
keeping my mind busy so as not to allow my mind to form a single thought. Like, I don't want to form a single thought. I don't, I, I'm, I'm terrified of what happens if I start thinking. And like, that's a tough place to be. I think there's something truly powerful about being able to sit with yourself, with your real self, to not numb or distract or fill your mind with other things to distract you from how you really feel. And trust, I, I struggle with it too. But I think being able to sit with ourselves and how we really feel, even with what we're going through, is painful. You know, this this topic is very vulnerable for me too. I don't I don't think you're alone in this at all. And I remember this this memory. I was at my best friend's house and kind of like adding on to what you were saying, Anna, in our day-to-day life, in the roles that we have, either professionally or personally, there is this tendency to have the hat on and to give it all you got. Right? Mm-hmm. I remember I was at her house and it was probably close to 11 and I was on the couch and she looks at me and she says, Charles, how are you really? I remember in that moment, I think it was the word really that really got to me. (laughs) And I, and I cried because for someone that knows me that well to ask such a simple question, but in a, in a very different way, that was the invitation for me to do exactly what Anna was saying, which is being truly honest with yourself in terms of how you're feeling in that moment, how life is going for you. And you know what? If it takes a close friend to ask a a simple question like that, or if it takes you being alone at midnight in your room with a hat off, then that's what it's going to take. But I I can wholeheartedly say that in that moment, the tears were not painful at all. It felt emotionally cathartic to finally be honest with myself and answer in such a way that really aligned well with what was going on for me interiorly and not going into too much detail. But I think at that time, it it was a really, it was a tough time for me. It was a really, really difficult time. And I think this is where the, the power of virtuous friendships really come into play. For those that are listening, I think it's really difficult to to have that moment for yourself, right? To, to be honest and try to be forthright about whatever it is that's coming up for you. But I think a, a level beyond that is having a great community of of friendships and relationships that can also help you get there, right? It's not an easy process at all. I agree with what you said earlier, that there are times for me where I, I have to have the hat on. I have to be... I have to know what I'm doing. I have to appear as if I have everything together. But you know what? I, I honestly don't. I honestly don't. And that's okay. I think that's the part where I personally struggle. Is I think we're told all our life that you have to have it together. You have to have your life together. You have to like have the right job and do all these things to earn success or earn people's affirmation or love and it's crazy like I feel like often in my own job I'm reminding people of how they are loved and yo I need that reminder 
because it's so easy for us to fall into these lies that we're told that we have to have it together that we have to be okay that we have to do things to earn people's love i'm just gonna be real with y'all i took a quick pause just because what we were just talking about was a little emotional for me and i hope i don't sound like i've been crying i have no idea what stayed in or what didn't but what i did want to share is that I don't have an answer. I want to be at a place where I'm okay with not being okay. And to be honest, I don't I don't think I'm there just yet. And maybe you're listening to this and you relate. Maybe you're listening to this and you're struggling as well to be okay with not being okay. But like so many things in life, it is a journey and it is a process. It's not always going to be, you know, tie a pretty bow and ribbon on it and look, it's pretty and life's good and we're all good and it's just not like that. Life is just not like that. And so if you are also out there struggling with being okay, with not being okay, know that I'm right there with you. I actually think that's a beautiful reminder that healing in and of itself is not a linear process. In my old therapy room, that was a frame that I was very intentional on hanging on my wall because in life, especially when one goes through something very difficult, I think it's easy for us to just want to get over it very quickly and to breeze through life thinking that it never happened or trying your best to put it under the rug and there will be days there will be months where something as minor as a picture or seeing someone that you haven't seen for years can trigger emotions that maybe you didn't really fully process and so for those that are listening I hope I hope this is a reminder too that healing in and of itself it takes time and for some it, it takes years upon years I guess the message that at least I'm trying to convey is that this journey of healing and transformation, though painful in the moment, I do see and firmly believe that there is light in the midst of of this entire journey, of this entire experience, that in the moment it might be hard to see and recognize. But when the wound is fully healed, I can only hope that people can look back to a significant experience that happened to them and remind themselves that they they had the resilience and they had the courage to get through that time in their lives that seems to be very difficult to get out of. I think it's also somewhat courageous to allow yourself to feel the painful parts. Like I talked about earlier, it is tempting to distract ourselves from how we are really doing. Like you shared with your friend asking you, how are you really? I remember a moment early on in our friendship. It was our first hangout. We went to BJ's on Coleman. Was that the night that I got jalapenos? Yes. The, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Little side note, I roasted. This was our first hangout and I was roasting Chelsea for liking or not liking jalapenos. I was like, what? You can't handle the spice? And what'd you say? <laughs> I was like, okay, you try it. <laughs> and I thought we I was nachos. Yeah, I thought I was being hella hard, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'm Mexican, I'll have a jalapeno. Mm-hmm. Tell tell them, 
Tell them what you said. These were dang spicy jalapeno. Yep. <laughs> she was like crying over it. And I was like, why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> anyways, okay. So anyways, anyways, I remember this question so vividly because it caught me so off guard. She looked me in the eyes. And if, if anyone knows Chelsea, you know that like when she's truly engaged in conversation, when she's talking to you, when she's listening, she the eye contact. Yo, that eye contact is powerful. And low key, when you first meet her, a little intimidating. <laughs> and so when I first, it was our first hangout and we were at dinner. I remember it was maybe after dinner, before dessert. I don't know. We, we were, we were treating ourselves that night. Yeah. All, all the courses. <laughs> and I remember she looked me in my eyes and she was like, Anna, what do you really want? And I remember, like, low-key, just, like, my eyes going wide, like, what is she asking? What do you, what, what, what do I want, what, what do I want for dessert? Like, what do I really want? <laughs> and then I was, like, I was, like, I got, I again, I got, like, intimidated and a little nervous. I was, like, what do you, like, what do you, what do you mean? I think, like, I remember you moving, I think you were moving all the way to the left, right? I of, literally, like, cowered the in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. And I was, like, what, like, what do you mean? And she was, like, what do you really want out of this life? I was like, there's no way she's at, like, who asks that upon first hanging out with someone? And when I tell y'all, mine and Chelsea's friendship has been deep since the beginning. High key it has. That's that's not a front. That's not a lie. And I'm so grateful for that. At the time, it, it caught me off guard. And I don't even remember how I answered. I think I answered in a way that was honest for sure. But I think it was fairly surface level because it was so early on it was tough to answer a question like that I think that's a question that even today I would struggle in answering but what I loved about that question was that it was a real question and just like your friend asking you Chels how are you really you asking me Anna what do you really want was incredibly powerful to ask real questions and not only ask them for the sake of asking them but to ask them for the sake of actually wanting to know Mm -hmm. to check in with one's heart to check in with one's soul to get past the surface level those are the real friends those are the real ones and thank god for those people in our life for those days when we're struggling to be okay with not being okay it's the people in our life that will ask the authentic questions not for the gossip or the cheese or the tea but because they actually care because they actually genuinely want to know how are you really doing so what i love about podcasts is that no one can see my facial expression right now but i am i'm so moved because i remember and i recall that moment now and it really depends on the person that is asking such a question as well because I'm not just going to answer I'm not going to answer a question like that just to anyone true it really takes someone very special to ask me a question like that and for me to respond if I can reflect on the current friendships and relationships that I have now honestly I I have a select few I probably have five only. 
I don't know if you feel the same way, but like I know a lot of people, but in terms of safety and in terms of vulnerability and checking in with people about how I'm really doing, I, I don't have a lot. I think I can only name like four or five people that I can be honest with. And I'm okay with that. I think there's certain relationships that you're allowed to to be seen and to not feel ashamed in being seen by them. I'm smiling now because I'm thinking of, of these people in my life and they've had the opportunity to see different parts and different aspects of myself that I don't necessarily show to other people. And I'm just so grateful and blessed to to still have them by my side through the peaks and valleys of life and also through the trials, the tribulations, the, the celebrations, everything. It calls to mind the friends who are there through every season. I think we can both think of a, a couple friends who have really been there for us through every season. Every season. Every season. Yeah. And to see them as well in different stages of life, to see them grow and blossom in new stages of life and, mm-hmm. and through every season that we get to witness. And it's just incredible because I am so grateful for these people in our lives that take the opportunity to continue to know you through every season. And what I mean by that is we are not stagnant human beings. We have different seasons of life and me in college is not the same Anna sitting here today. Thank God. (laughs) I mean, yo, she was tight, but like, y'all, if y'all have met me after college, count your blessings. (laughs) You know, this is the question that I ask Anna all the time. Like, yo, um, do you think we would have been friends in college? (laughs) I don't know. I, it could have been like really good or really really bad. bad. Yeah. It's okay. I think we would have partied together. Yeah. But, but, (laughs) I don't know. No, I, I think of certain friends who, have have seen me through some of my lowest lows and have seen me grow. And sometimes I don't even see the growth in myself. Sometimes they are the ones to point it out to me and vice versa. Here's an example. When we entered into the pandemic about two years ago now, mm-hmm. I think it changed all of us. Absolutely. I don't think it changed us for the worst necessarily. I think it caused a lot of people to pause and, and, and take stock of how they were living their life those who they were spending it with and how they were maneuvering in this world. I don't think I'm speaking for just myself when I say that it really defined relationships for better or for worse. I'll speak for myself is that on a pre-COVID was the most extroverted person you could meet. Oh, I remember. <laughs> For for those who have taken the Myers-Briggs, I'm an ENFP, and when I took the Myers-Briggs test in college, I was like 100% on three out of the four categories. Who the heck is 100% extrovert? What was I on? You're on me, another level. Me now? I don't want to see no one. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's such a trip because Anna is like an introvert now. <laughs> I am. And honestly, I don't think Chelsea and I would have grown as close if I was still the extrovert. 
person that I want probably was. not but I, I remember like even me before COVID do you remember like I I think I you were still hella social really social I had like five things planned in one day in addition to work we were all living we on all, some kind of yeah <laughs> it was something else before 2020 hit but yeah I agree with you I think that in 2020 relationships friendships all of that I start to question a lot everything shifted everything shifted and I think in those moments of shifting was when again it was make it or break it time and you learn a lot about someone when you you live with them through a global pandemic you learn a lot about their priorities and how 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 they live their life and I recall recognizing the changes within myself and realizing I'm a different person and questioning simultaneously if those in my life who were there with me before COVID would actually love this new version of me and really questioning like I'm a I'm different now not only I'm as I'm a little more introverted I know we were all kind of forced into introvertedness Mm -hmm. but the things that I prioritize how how I saw the world like so much had changed in my personal life and I felt a lot of self-growth that I questioned for a time if those close to me would not only love this new version of me but also like her and and not to continue talking about myself in the third person <laughs> but I remember really really kind of questioning can I continue on with certain friendships and when I say it was a make it or break it moment, I think it really was. And what I'm grateful for are the friends that you can sit with, be real with, and have this understanding of you have changed and you have grown in these past few months where we didn't see each other. I have changed. I have grown. Mm-hmm. But are we going to be taking the step, the commitment to, you know, this is a different season? And you are different and you have grown, but I want to get to know this new version of you and love them too. Absolutely. And that is, is powerful beyond words. That changes everything. Yeah, it really does. Because we're not the same. I think if there wasn't even a global pandemic, you, you change throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a core self that stays the same, but there are certain parts of you that grow and change for the good, for the better, as you navigate this life. And to have those people in your life that are like, yeah, I know it's been a while. Or like, I know that we're in different stages now. Or we don't talk as much as we used to. But when we pick up, it's like we pick up right where we left yeah. off. Time, it's as if time never passed. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for those people in my life. Those friends that have become family. I've been in the Bay now. Come this fall, it'll be 10 years that I've wow. lived in the Bay. I, I don't have family up here. And... It has been so important to find those friends that have become family. You know, as much as I love friendships where it feels as if no time has passed, because let's be real, those are the best type of friendships. And they're so rare. And they're so rare. So if you got them, keep them close. It also makes me think of friendships where too much time has passed and it's no longer the same. It's great to have friendships that have lasted through all these different seasons and to have friendships where we can continue exactly where we left off. But the opposite is unfortunately also true, and that is too much time has passed and the opportunity to 
revive a particular friendship or relationship is no longer there. Depending on the nature of the relationship and how it ended can absolutely influence whether or not we can pick it up years down the line. Yeah, I I can think of certain relationships where either too much time has passed or the relationship ended very abruptly and the opportunity for one person to to say their last thoughts or, or feelings about what went wrong or what made their friendship toxic or just not work out, the opportunity wasn't there. You know, years down the line, perhaps that person thinks about you and decides to send you a text or invite you out for lunch. And on the receiving end, I mean, I, I can be really real right now, but there have been moments in my life where I would say to myself that, you know what, like too much time has passed and it's, it's a little too late to even answer. That in doing so, it would actually be hindering my healing process to say yes and to agree to see this individual. It sounds like part of what you're talking about is setting the boundaries necessary for your own healing process. Is that true? Absolutely. So so what do those what do those boundaries look like? You know, I, I think that boundaries can look different for for everyone. Right? What what's one boundary for this person might look completely different for this other person. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it takes a level of of deep self-reflection to really know what my boundaries are. And my simple answer is that if the sight of someone or even the name of someone triggers feelings, thoughts, anything that I haven't fully processed or had the opportunity to fully heal from, I know that I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready interiorly. Connecting this back to my example, uh, a simple text that may look good on the outside, might look very genuine. I, I may not receive that well after all because I'm not there yet. And sometimes I don't, I don't think I'll ever be there. Like even if I was completely healed from whatever happened in this friendship, I actually think I would be prudent enough to deny the invitation even if I was 100% healed out of protection of my own heart and the journey towards my continued healing. It's deeply personal what you're sharing, but I think it, it calls to mind the importance of setting those boundaries that are necessary for you. Again, like you were saying, you, even if you were 100% healed from something, if the presence of that person or their name or maybe even seeing them on your social media feeds. Yeah, even pictures. I think you owe it to yourself for your own continued healing because you can be 100% healed from something and then, you know, can be a wound can be ripped right open by whatever trigger and for your own sake, sometimes it's important to set those boundaries. And like, like Chelsea said, I think it's, those boundaries look different for different relationships and different friendships and different people that you encounter. Sometimes you can pick up years down the line and it's as if no time has passed. And unfortunately, Sometimes the pain is too great to pick up with what has has since fallen apart. And honestly, I'm at this point in my life right now where I don't feel bad about placing boundaries in, in the relationships that I have. 
I think a, a past version of me would question my decisions and say, oh, like, am, I, am I doing too much? Am I being selfish? But just based on my experiences, based on where I'm at in this day and age, I don't feel guilty about that. I actually think it's quite healthy to, to have these boundaries in the relationships that we have in our life. So for those of you that are listening, don't be afraid to, to have these discussions or to even have this discussion with yourself because I think in, in doing so, it can help you in the process towards healing. Whatever you're healing from, whether it's a toxic friendship, whether it's a relationship that just went, um, went south and you didn't see it coming, I hope that those that are listening to us can, can one day or even soon have the courage and bravery to, to have that self-awareness, to know what what those triggers are for you. I can speak for Anna and myself because we have had these conversations in the past that despite certain friendships or relationships that didn't necessarily work out the way that we wanted it to, that at the end of the day, we genuinely wish them love and happiness in whatever way that looks like for that individual. And that gives me a lot of comfort because I can sleep knowing that I'm still loving this person even if they're no longer in my life anymore. I also think there's something to be said about even if that person isn't in your life anymore, you can still be grateful for the time that you did have. I recall friends that I was mad close to, either in high school or undergrad, though we may not talk anymore, their impact in my life still stands today. That we are composite of every encounter we've ever had. That's so cool. That's so wild now that I'm thinking about it. I think that's such a wild thing to recognize about our humanity is that sometimes loving someone means not having them in your life. And letting them go. At, at times, love isn't what we maybe expected it to be, but... And I think it's, it's especially important in relationships that maybe at a time were potentially toxic or unhealthy or caused more pain than they did joy to set those boundaries. And you can set those boundaries and still wish them well. You can set those boundaries without being selfish. And I think it's actually incredibly healthy to take care of your own mental, take care of your own heart and soul, and you can still love them from a distance. And it's actually loving yourself better to love them from a distance. The duality of those in our life who will be there through every season combined with those who maybe should stay in a past season makes me think about discernment and how it's so necessary to discern who's going to be in your life like forever, ever, and <laughs> who's not. Uh-huh. And, and it's not to be harsh. It's not to be cruel. I find the need to emphasize that it's it's never out of spite and it's never out of ill intention. Maybe sometimes just out of self-preservation. And so you, as a listener, I hope you find the real ones. I hope you find the ones who will have a midnight conversation with you to ask you, how are you really doing? To be the friend through every season and the friend to get to know the new version of you. As, as you grow and learn through this life. To end things off on a super cool note, 
It is 12 o'clock on the dot in the morning. I think that's pretty cool that we, <laughs> we ended our recording exactly at 12. We weren't joking when we said it's a midnight <laughs> conversation. <laughs> it's getting real tonight. It's and a great way to end it. Great way to end it. You know, it's been a long night. Also, to update y'all, it is freaking cold out here. Hey, <laughs> I'm warm now. Warmed by the soul life. <laughs> I'm tired now, guys. Yeah, we, we spent some time recording this episode. But we just sincerely hope that this is life-giving. And honestly, we just hope that you can also uh, discern the current relationships that you have in your life as well. And after doing so, just taking the next step. Bang, bang. That's the end of the episode. Thank you for listening to this Midnight Conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Midnight Collective. That's M-D-N-T dot collective. Check out our Midnight playlist at the link tree in our description. If you like what you heard, you can write us a review on Apple or rate us on Spotify. And if you didn't, keep it to yourself. And don't forget to hit us up on Insta if you want a photo shoot. We'll talk to you night next time. Love you. Say it back. Bye.